Feel okay? for you tonight. This is, I have a lot of favorites. This is one of them. Um, 666 Mark of the Beast. This is crucial information. And especially after, and since this goes up on YouTube, I have to be careful what I say. Since we've now gone through the pandemic that we went through three years ago and the subsequent poke in the arm that they tried to pressure everybody into getting and of course that was not the mark of the beast because there has to be a beast before there's a mark of the beast. But I feel this is extremely relevant uh, lesson tonight because we're coming up on a time when something very similar to that will be, and make no mistake about it, what we saw with in 2020, 2021 with the pressure that they put on everybody and making everybody think and some people did, in fact, lose their jobs. And you can't buy or sell if you don't have a job. But um, they'll actually freeze your accounts at some point when we get down to it. Um, that may not happen in the United States, and we'll go over all that. But, but that was definitely a precursor to what we're going to be seeing. They're warming us up to the idea, and they're starting to move the ball towards that goalpost. So um, I was talking with a friend down in Waterloo this week. And, uh, you know, Tim and I were talking about sort of this exact topic. And um, one of the things that we talked about was um, if this system comes into place, is it going to happen in the United States? And we're going to cover that tonight. So it's really going to depend on where you live. And we do have some people that watch our videos from other countries. And if you're in Europe, you're heavily going to be underneath, underneath the boot heel of the Antichrist at that point in time. But scripture says, uh, rich, poor, free, bond, um, for the most part, everybody. So even if it's not mandatory in this country, and really, if, if you didn't give in to any of the pressure and you held firm, you were able to make it, for the most part, now some, like I say, some people did lose their job, but you were able to make it through this last Pokemon on the arm. And um, that's that's... It was only a warm-up to what the pressure we're going to see. So even if they don't implement it in this country, something like that, you will get pressure from family and friends. I know friends and fam mostly friends, but that to this day, they're, they've been shunned from their family because they wouldn't take um, jab in the arm and fall to the mandate. That in, in the end result wasn't really a mandate. They, they you know... They put a mandate out there for the military. Um, some some people that worked for uh, the railroad, they mandated the Pokemon. And um, when it push came to shove and came within a day or two of the deadline, they backed off. And there were lawsuits left and right over it. But there were actually, surprisingly, some of the nurses in Texas lost their job. And you would think Texas would be a pretty free state. But let's just take a look at this video and we can discuss some of this stuff. On the other side, you ready, Caden? I'm just going to hit transition. Okay. 
And not yet, or, or now. Get my mind. Many years ago, I stopped into a store to pick up a few items that I needed. When I went through the checkout, the young lady that was operating the cash register, I heard her say under her breath, Mark of the Beast. My purchase had come to $6.66. I said to her, what did you say? She said, nothing. I said, well, I was sure I heard you say Mark of the Beast. She grinned sheepishly and said, I did. I asked, so what do you know about that? She said, not much. I replied, well, I know quite a bit about that. And if you'd ever like to know more about it, here's my card. Call me sometime. I'll tell you what the Bible says about that important subject. Now, by that time, the line was backing up behind me and I had to move on. But it's so interesting that no matter who you meet, if you say 666, all of a sudden, they know what you're talking about. They tell me at the driver's license branch that they don't even print a license 666 because nobody wants it and for good cause. The Bible prophesies a time when every person will be required by the Antichrist and his world government to have a number. Without this number, you will not be able to buy anything or sell anything. But in order to get your number, you will be forced to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world government system. Now, one more thing that's very important. If you pledge allegiance to the Antichrist, you will be eternally damned according to the Bible. Now, the system that the Bible prophesies for the days of the Antichrist, for the time just before the second coming of Jesus Christ, this system could never be set up until now. The prophecy is 2,000 years old, but the fulfillment is only possible right now. Only with the invention of the computer, the birth of the Internet, and the use of credit cards has it become possible to set up a system whereby every person on earth could be tracked and controlled economically. Now, you know as well as I do that this now has become possible. Have you ever stood in front of an ATM machine or possibly using a credit card at a gas station? You swipe your card and the screen says, authorization failed. What went wrong? You've got to get it fixed or you don't get any gas. You're not able to get your money. What caused the problem? It could have been too many purchases that day. Perhaps you're over your credit limit. Or maybe there's a mistake. But there is a database somewhere that controls whether you can use that card and that number to buy or sell. Now, the prophecy given 2,000 years old said a day would come when you would use a number in order to buy or sell. It's been absolutely incomprehensible until our generation. I remember my parents, they didn't have credit cards back in the day when I was a child. 
It was unheard of. It just simply did not exist. And yet this prophecy is there in the Bible. I heard preachers preaching about it. The time will come when everyone will have to have a mark or a number in order to be able to buy or sell. So now we have it. We have a system in place whereby every person could be given a number and that number could be used to determine whether you can participate in the economy or not. Now, I'm talking about a database that can control the world. Let me make sure I say here at the very beginning of our lesson today that this is possibly the most important lesson you will ever hear in your entire life because this lesson can mean the difference between eternal salvation and eternal damnation. Now, the prophecy states that you will not, not be allowed to buy or sell if you have not pledged allegiance to the Antichrist and his world government. One entry into your database and your access to the global economy will be cut off. Now, think about this for just one moment. Let's just say that a world religious system were set up and everyone has to pledge allegiance to that world religious system in order for their particular point on the database to be checked okay. If that's not checked, then your number will not work. Your card will not work. So they have the power at a mere stroke of a computer to either grant you access to buy or sell, especially if we come into a world that's a totally cashless society. And by the way, we're getting closer and closer to that all the time. Now, Mikhail Gorbachev in his famous book, Perestroika, stated back in 1987 that there are three root causes for war on earth, political conflicts, religious conflicts, and economic conflicts. Now, he theorized in his book that if we had a one world government, a global belief system, a global ethic, some kind of a global religion that all religions could ascribe to, that they could all buy into the common denominator. And if we had a global economy, that we would have removed the root causes for war on earth, and thus we could enter into a time of peace and security. It may, it may surprise you, but exactly that kind of a system is described in your Bible 2,000 years ago. The 13th chapter of the book of Revelation talks about a, a time when there will be a world government, a world religion, and a global economy, just like Mr. Gorbachev suggested. The prophecy is Revelation chapter number 13. The first eight verses of this chapter are devoted to the one world government, and the ruler of that one world government the Antichrist. Verses 11 through 15 are devoted to the global religious system and the leader of that global religious system, a personage the Bible calls the false prophet. Then finally, verses 15 through 18, where we're going to focus our remarks today, talk about a global economic system that will be used to force compliance and obedience to the one world government and the one world religious system. I want to go now to the passage in the Bible that talks about the global economic system that will be used to control every person on earth. It's verse number 15 of Revelation 13. Here's what it says. And he had power 
to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, what do we mean when we talk about worship the image? And how could the false prophet, it's the false prophet that gives life to the image of the beast. The beast is referring to the political leader, the Antichrist. And the false prophet is going to be able to give life to the image of the beast. How would this work? Now, this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy. Could they be talking about television? We know that a person can go on television and you can see that person as though they're, they're live in your living room worldwide. Could it be a hologram? I don't know the answer to that particular question, but somehow, some way, they're going to be able to put out there this one great world leader, his image, so that we can hear him speak and almost have a personal relationship with him. Now, when we talk about he's going to force all of us to worship the beast, does that mean we're going to bow down to a man and say, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, you're my God? What's it going to mean to worship? Could it mean pledge allegiance to? We know in Adolf Hitler's day, there was a system very close to this, and everyone would stand for hours with their hand raised, Heil Hitler, and it was really a form of emperor worship. So how will we pledge allegiance? Do we pledge allegiance to the one world government, to the new world order? Whatever it is, the Bible sees it as worship. And to worship the Antichrist will, to be, will be to worship the devil. Now, you've got to understand this whole program was conceived in hell by Satan himself. His desire is to cause all of us to worship him because he hates God. He hates the fact that the human race is God's prized creation. And he wants you, he wants me, he wants everybody in the world to worship him through the Antichrist. So when the Bible says that the false prophet will influence the entire world to worship the Antichrist, that really will result in the entire world worshiping Satan, and that's what Satan wants. He does not want us to worship our creator, the one true God, but he wants us to worship Satan. Now, the scriptures tell us that when you take the mark of the beast, and it tells us here that if you don't, you will actually be killed. Now, this is a dramatic, drastic scripture, but the Bible says, whosoever refuses to worship will be killed. How could that happen? in a modern society. Well, wind the clock back about a hundred years. Go to the times of Joseph Stalin. Go to the times of Mao Zedong. Joseph Stalin slaughtered at least 20 million people because they would not conform to his regime politically and spiritually. And then they tell us from 1949 when the communists took over mainland China, until right now, there have been 60 million killed over the last 50 years. Now, I'm talking about in recent times here. I'm talking about within the last 100 years. And we know what happened with Adolf Hitler, 6 million Jews, a total of about 11 million slaughtered, not counting the fatalities that were committed in World War II. So for us to think, oh, it couldn't happen now, that's folly. We have records of incidences like this 
from the beginning of time till now. Name them off. You can talk about the Spanish Inquisition. You can talk about the Crusades. Or more recently, you can talk about the Soviet Union, communist China, Nazi Germany. I hate to tell you this. It's getting ready to happen again. And the Bible says that this coming persecution will be the worst persecution ever. It'll be a tribulation such as never has been before or ever again shall be. I wish it were not true, but it's going to happen. It's absolutely certain to happen. Now, we can stick our head in the sand and act like it's not going to happen, but it is going to happen. It's in your Bible. It's in my Bible. It's prophecy. The prophecies always come to pass. And so it's absolutely critical to you and to me that we really take this to heart. Let's look at the rest of the passage in Revelation 13. Verse 16 says, And he, the false prophet, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. Everybody's going to be included in this worldwide program to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save or accept he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now notice it says three things here, the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Remember those things because the Bible says that's what you're going to have to accept in order to be able to buy or sell, to participate in the economy. Otherwise, if you do not take the mark, you will be boycotted economically. That means they're going to force you out of commerce. You won't be able to go to the store You won't be able to provide for your family. You are going to be put off limits because by this time, diversity will no longer be tolerated. They're going to insist that everyone comes to conformity. Now, we see this starting to happen already. You know, in Germany right now, it's against the law to homeschool your children. And they explain, we don't want a parallel society. We want everybody thinking alike. We want everyone to have the same values. We want everyone to have the same culture. So it's already starting all over again. And that's not just Germany. There are other places in Europe right now that are starting to outlaw homeschooling because they want you to think like the state wants you to think. And guess what? That's what's going to move all the way through Europe, and Europe is going to be the power base of the Antichrist. So we can see these things starting all over again right now. Now, the world community already is using sanctions to force obedience. Sometimes when we read these prophecies, we think, oh, wait a minute, could never happen. But the fact is it is happening right now. The United Nations right now, any nation that does not comply with the edicts of the U.N. Security Council, they will pass sanctions against them. It was Iraq, first of all, with Saddam Hussein. Now, more recently, we've passed several levels of sanctions against Iran. You're very aware of that. It's in our news all the time right now. However, this prophecy not only applies to sanctions on a national level, We're talking about a prophecy that says sanctions on an individual level will soon be levied against people. Now, you know as well as I do that it's never been possible for sanctions to be placed against us on an individual level, at least until now. 
right now the technology does exist so that they could put you off limits. Now, we don't have a total cashless society yet, but there are actually laws in place that force you to have an approved national ID card or else you can't hold a job. Well, if you can't hold a job, then how can you buy or sell? You can't make any money. So already we see the laws are moving toward this 2,000-year-old prophecy, which could never be fulfilled prior to now, but it can be fulfilled right now with the emergence of modern technology. You know, as well as I do, that you can buy almost anything if you have a valid credit card with a valid number. You can pick up the phone and buy things from Hong Kong, from Singapore, from all over the world. But if you don't have that number, you're out of business in the, the land of interstate and international commerce. Okay, now when we talk about this mark, will this mark be a visible mark? Will this be a 666 on your hand, on your forehead? Or will it be invisible? I can't tell you for sure whether it will be visible or invisible, uh, but I definitely believe it's going to be a physical mark. And here's why I believe that. Because you've got to have something that enables you to buy or sell. Now, we know right now that uh, when you get some kind of an ID card, they like your fingerprints or they like your eye scan. Now, that's a little bit disconcerting because the prophecy says that the mark will be in your hand or in your forehead. Well, my fingerprints are on my hand and my iris, my retina that the machines read, that's in my forehead. Could it be what this prophecy is talking about? Or could it be talking about just a national ID card? Because you can either hold the ID card in your hand or you can memorize your number in your head. I don't know the answer for sure right now. All I can tell you is this time is coming and it's coming right ahead of us. The technology is being set up right now. Let's look at the rest of the passage. Verse number 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six hundred sixty-six. Now the passage says that this is the number of a man. What's that mean? Could it be the Antichrist Social Security number, perhaps? Or somehow could we calculate the name of a man and it interpret into 666. Notice the passage says, let him that hath understanding count or calculate the number of the beast. And notice that it says in verse 17 that it's the number of his name. So somehow, apparently, the name of the Antichrist or of his world government is going to calculate to 666. Let me give you a couple of examples that will let you sort of imagine what this could be like. You know, back when Ronald Reagan was president, there were some people that said, wait a minute, his name is Ronald Wilson Reagan. Six letters in Ronald, six letters in Wilson, six letters in Reagan. Oh, could Reagan be the Antichrist? Well, obviously not. He's now dead and gone. There is an inscription in the crown of the Pope. The inscription is in Latin, and it says, Vicarius Filii Dei. It stands for, it's Latin for, Vicar of the Son of God. 
Filii is son. Dei is God. Vicar or representative of the Son of God because that's what Catholics believe. They believe that Pope, uh, the Pope is in the place of Jesus Christ on earth today. Now, if you take the letters in Vicarius Filii Dei, that stand for Roman numerals, that have Roman numeral value, it's interesting what happens when you add them up. A V equals 5, an I equals 1, a C equals 100, an I equals 1. Now, the U is inscribed in the crown as a V. You've probably seen public library and the U is a V. That's the way they inscribe it for some reason. So if we let that U equal 5, and then the I in Filii is 1, two more I's in Filii, that's two more, the D is 500, and the I in Dei is 1. Add up those numbers. You guessed it. 666. Six, six. So does that mean then that the Pope is the Antichrist? No. We've already demonstrated in a previous lesson that whoever is Pope at the time of the Antichrist, that man will be in alliance with the Antichrist and will play the role of the false prophet. So... We certainly, I don't think we could say that Vicarius Filii Dei fulfills the requirement of the prophecy, but you do have to admit it's interesting since the Bible says, let him that hath understanding count the name, the number of the beast for it's the number of the name of a man. Uh, we'll have to watch and see how that play, all that plays out. Now also notice in verse number nine, it tells us what's going to happen to the person that takes the mark. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. What's it saying to us? The cost for taking the mark of the beast and worshiping the Antichrist will be eternal damnation. That's the reason this is such a serious subject. Now, furthermore, the Bible teaches that some people will refuse the mark of the beast and they will be killed because of their refusal. It says in Revelation 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. They refused. Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again, until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. It just dawned on me while I was studying this passage today that this is going to be happening during the final three and a half years immediately preceding Armageddon and the first resurrection. And when this happens, these people will not be dead long because the Bible says when Christ comes back, they will be resurrected. They may be dead a year or two or three. It's not going to be long. And then they are going to be resurrected. And the Bible tells us this is the first resurrection.
So will some people refuse the mark of the beast and survive? Absolutely. The Antichrist will not be in control in every part of the world. Uh, It's Daniel chapter 11, verse 41 tells us that the Antichrist shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand. Some people are going to escape the control of the Antichrist. Even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. All three of these locations are inside the country of Jordan. The Bible also tells us that the nation of Israel will never fall under the control of the Antichrist. The book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 14 says that the woman with 12 stars, the 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel, that the woman will be protected from the Antichrist all during the final three and a half years during the time we call the Great Tribulation. Furthermore, it says there in Daniel chapter 11, the tidings out of the east and the north shall trouble him. So he's going to have opposition. He will be fighting wars all during that very last period of time. So when we take a look at the Antichrist and this mark of the beast, it's important that we realize that some will take it, some will not. The ones who take it, the Bible says, that they will be cast into the lake of fire and they will be tormented in the presence of the Holy Lamb. Now you can argue with this if you want to. It's in your Bible. It's Revelation chapter 14, verse 9 through 11. It's serious. Now, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to everyone under the sound of my voice, it's critical. The Bible says everybody will take this mark except those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. Make sure, make sure your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Now, the prophecy foretells a time when each of us will have a mark or a number without which we will not be permitted to buy or sell. It paints a picture of a system of total control. Let's look at the history of numbering people upon this earth. Over the last 70 or 80 years, most nations have implemented a system of numbering their citizens. Here in the United States of America, the Social Security system was begun in 1935 under Franklin D. Roosevelt. Now, there was opposition to this system because so many people knew their Bibles. They knew the Bible talked about a time when everybody would be numbered. Well, when the government began to talk about giving all of us a number, there was huge opposition about that. As a result, the government agreed to stamp on the Social Security card not to be used for identification. Well, obviously, uh, that's a joke. They said it would only be used to administer the Social Security benefit program. But over time, because this number was available, little by little, people have begun to use it for taxes, for retirement, for almost everything. You've got to give your Social Security number to buy a house, to get a loan, even though they had stamped on there, not for identification. Well, it's become such a joke that in 1972, they said, look, there's no use pretending anymore. It is used for identification, so we'll just take it away. So it's not on there anymore, but there are still some people who have these Social Security cards which say not to be used for identification. Now, during the Holocaust, 
Adolf Hitler numbered the Jews and many non-Jews that were imprisoned in his concentration camps. They were tattooed with a number in order to identify and track each individual. It was Hitler's way of keeping tabs on each person so that he could maintain control. The end purpose of numbering a population is always to control them. And do I need to remind you that control and freedom are opposite terms? If Fido's on a leash, he's under control. But if the leash breaks and he runs through the neighborhood, now he's free. So what do we want to do? Do we want to be on the leash of big government or do we want to be free? You cannot have freedom when the population is numbered. And that's the reason that Americans have always resisted a national ID card. Now today, over 100 nations have compulsory national ID cards because most governments are controlling. Most governments are socialistic. They believe the people are to serve the government instead of the government serving the people. Now, most other nations beside these 100 that have the compulsory national ID cards, most other nations have some form of non-compulsory ID. However, these non-compulsory IDs have a way of becoming mandatory over time. For example, here in the United States, most of us use our driver's license as an ID card. You can't now fly without a driver's license or an ID card. You can actually go to the driver's license bureau, even if you don't drive, and they will give you an ID card because it's so necessary. It's almost compulsory now in the society in which we presently live. Now, a national ID system is required in order to implement a totalitarian form of government. When you see the trend toward all the nations acquiring a national ID, and even to the point that it soon could be a global ID, you know that you're in the process of the slide on the slippery slope into world government. The principal reason for a national ID is control. I don't want you to forget that. And control and freedom are opposite terms. Let's talk about some of the national ID programs around the world so you can see because there's no doubt about it. The national ID programs that are presently being set up are going to end up being the mechanism that will be used by the Antichrist and his religious partner, the false prophet, to rule the world. In India, on June the 25th of 2009, India announced it was pressing ahead with universal biometric ID cards to be completed by 2011. Now, the plan was to register 1.2 billion people. That's the entire population of India. And they were going to accomplish this phenomenally within just 18 months. In 2007, China launched an ID card containing an RFID chip for all 1.3 billion of its citizens. So here you have 1.2 billion India, 1.3 billion China. That's 2.5 billion. That's well over one-third of the world's population just in those two countries 
already now have mandatory ID cards. That means they already are under the strong hand of government and under the strong hand of control. Germany is implementing a biometric ID card to all of its citizens starting November 1 of 2010. And so we can see this is a huge trend in the world. Almost every nation is moving in this direction now. In the United States of America, fortunately, our forefathers had such a strong tradition of liberty that we've always said, no, we're not going to have a national ID card. We are men. We are not numbers. We're not going to submit to this dehumanizing of society. However, the ID card idea has been chipping away at us for a while. A lot of people think it all began on 911 with the terrorist attacks uh, on New York City, but that's not true. Because Marvin Stone, the editor of U.S. News and World Report, wrote in an editorial in the September 15, 1980 edition, and his article was entitled, A National Identity Card? Now, his rationale for arguing for the establishment of a national ID here in the United States was to solve the problem of the illegal immigration. This was catching momentum back in 1980. Well, it came to the desk of President Ronald Reagan in 1981, and when he, it was proposed to him, he said, what? Are you crazy? That's the mark of the beast. Well, that was the end of a national ID idea here in the United States for a while, at least until the Reagan administration was over. Uh, Ronald Reagan just happened to know enough about his Bible. He actually was a student of the book of Revelation, and he understood the mark of the beast, and he said, no way. You know, we will never have a national ID in the United States of America as long as we have a biblically literate society. But the further we get away from God's word, the more likely we are to slide into the trap that ultimately Satan is planning this trap. He intends to be able to control everyone and ultimately force them to adopt his way of life and to ultimately worship him. That's where this whole thing's leading. That's what the Bible says in Revelation 13, where this prophecy is given. The Bible says that all people will be forced to worship the Antichrist, Satan's personal agent. And in so doing, they will be committing idolatry against God himself. Now, when the terrorist attacks took place in 911, of course, the whole nation was in an uproar. Congress decided to appoint a commission called the 911 Commission and said, We want you to calculate how to make America safe. Such prestigious people as Henry Kissinger and others were on the commission. But Congress straightly charged them, but do not come back with the mandate to establish a national ID. We're not going to do that. So what did the 911 Commission do? They came back and said, well, what we need is a means of secure identification for all of our citizens. They didn't say we need a national ID, but that's exactly what they meant. They came back and did exactly what Congress told them not to do. Well, the result was uh, the Real ID Act was passed, first of all, in the House of Representatives without much fanfare. Most people didn't even know it was being considered. It was already passed. But when this hit the news, immediately opposition arose. Now, the Real ID Act called 
for bringing your original birth certificate to the uh, licensed branch, your original Social Security card, proof of your address, and you had to submit to a digital photo when the driver's license was issued because the international community was planning on the uh, recognition, the facial recognition technology to ultimately establish a global ID. So that was one of the things that they built into this Real ID Act. All of this information was to be placed in a database for sharing with all of the other states. So if you received your license in Texas or in Indiana, they would put all of your information in a database, but that database had to be linked to the databases of the other 49 states. So you couldn't have two or three licenses uh, in different states. That was the idea. Well, in so doing, you created a, a national ID because if you have the database that states can access, and of course the federal government also can access it, then that means that you could, they could control you with that ID. For example, if you were forbidden to have a license in Indiana, you couldn't get one in Texas, you couldn't get one in California, and since you didn't have your ID, that means you're not going to be able to fly an airplane, you're not going to be able to enter a federal building, you won't be able to drive a car, you won't be able to open a bank account, and you were not going to be able to hold a job. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Once they establish a system where you can no longer hold a job, what does that mean? That means you can't buy or sell. If you don't have a job, you don't have any money, that means you cannot buy or sell. The prophecy, Revelation chapter number 13, says that this system is going to be implemented where every person will have to have a mark or a number, and without it, you can't buy or sell. We're veering treacherously close to the precipice now that was prophesied about 2,000 years ago, but could only be fulfilled right now. Well, now that the publicity is hitting the American scene, all kinds of liberty-loving people rose up and began to bombard the Senate. It was now before the Senate, but there was so much opposition to it here at uh, End Time Ministries. We actually published a magazine uh, with an, a total edition devoted to the Real ID Act and why we should not have it, that it was, in fact, a national ID. And you know, the people promoting this would they look at you with a straight face and they'd say, this is not a national ID. And all we said was, well, is it an ID? Well, yes. And is it going to be national? Well, yes. Well, then it's a national ID. But the people that wanted this didn't care about being honest. They just wanted to take this next step where big government could become bigger because they think they know what's best for your life and for mine. They've forgotten what freedom is really all about. They don't believe in freedom anymore. They believe that man is inherently evil and that therefore you are guilty until you're proven innocent. And so we have to keep track and track everybody everywhere all the time. Now, Americans don't believe that. We believe people are innocent until proven guilty, and the government has no right to check your papers, to come in your house, to search your automobile or anything else, and they don't have the right to say, papers please either. That's the American tradition, but if we don't fight with all of our might for this tradition, we're going to lose it even here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, 
They couldn't get it passed in the Senate. So it's time for some political trickery. They decide that they will attach it to the back of an appropriation bill for our troops in Iraq. It was one of those must-pass bills. So it goes through on flying colors. They passed the Real ID Act on the back of a bill that had nothing to do with the Real ID Act. That happened on May the 10th of 2005. President George W. Bush signed the bill the very next day, May the 11th of 2005. Now, this bill said that it should be enforced beginning May of 2008. They gave a three-year window to get everybody used to it for all the states to issue real ID-compliant driver's license, that these licenses would have certain features uh, so that it was considered a secure ID. Then it could be used for boarding airplanes. Now, nobody's paused to say, time out, wait a minute. Most all of the hijackers on 911 had legitimate ID. They could have gotten on those planes if they wanted to. Nobody stopped to do that. They should have, but they didn't because they didn't really care about uh, security. They were caring about getting this level of control, moving America into socialism. Okay, well, uh, the state's awakened to realize what was going to happen here, and they begin to pass laws against the Real ID because the U.S. government had hijacked the State Bureau of Motor Vehicles. They had no business doing that. That power was not given to the U.S. government, and the states begin to pass laws against it. And soon, 25 of the 50 states of the United States had passed laws or resolutions against implementing the Real ID. Some believe Real ID is now dead in the water. However, people were not giving up because in 2007, there were people who tried to pass an immigration bill and they said, we need an enforceable mandatory ID in order to be able to curb immigration. Now, we've curbed immigration for 230 years by enforcing our borders. But since people were no longer willing to do that, we didn't really didn't want to keep foreign labor out. We needed foreign labor to feed our labor machine. We didn't have enough workers. And so that really wasn't the purpose because the people that were pushing this believe in world government. And so they wanted really a global ID. So you don't need borders anymore. We now have electronic handcuffs that we can put on everybody. And once a person has an ID, and once that ID is used for renting motels, it's used for purchasing things, it's used for where you can work, it's used like... ID is used right now. Once that happens, then you start establishing a trail and you can monitor the activity of everybody. It becomes a form of control. And the Bible says ultimately it will even control what you believe politically, what you believe spiritually. You say, I don't think that's ever going to happen. You're forgetting what happened under Joseph Stalin. I was reading just this past week of him butchering 20, 30 million people. Some people think as high as 60 million people were killed because they were political dissidents or they had religious beliefs that Stalin could not tolerate. Same way in China under Mao Zedong, the Cultural Revolution. We've had the same thing occur. And if we think it cannot happen here, we're just foolish. We're not studying our history books. If we yield that level of control, someday that control will be used against it. That's the reason that this... This is a fight that we cannot afford to lose. Well, 
The immigration bill called for machine-scannable Social Security card. It established a national database. If you were not in that national database, you were not allowed to hold a job. Employers would have to take your card, scan it. That would be hooked up by computer to the national database under Homeland Security's control and under the IRS control and the Social Security control. And if you were not approved, you could not be hired. It became illegal and that the employer would be subjected to fines and possibly even imprisonment if your name was not in the database. Now, the reason this is so deadly is because once that database is established, then the government can place any stipulation on that database they want to. And of course, no job, no buying, no selling. Then they went on to establish a thing called E-Verify. Today, any firm that has government contracts is required to use the E-Verify technology on everyone that they hire. That began as of September the 8th, 2009. So they say it's voluntary, but it's not voluntary for anyone that does business with the U.S. government. And there's a lot of people out there doing business with the U.S. government. This is another way the government is attempting to introduce a national ID through the back door. Okay, once again, we've got to ask this question. Why is the government so determined to implement a national ID? Control, control, control. They want to control whether you plant a tree in your front yard or your backyard. They want to control exactly how you build your house. The control factor in this nation and around the world has become absolutely suffocating, and that's the reason they're pushing so strong toward this national ID. But here's the next big question. Are we really moving toward a global ID? The International Civil Aviation Organization, which is an arm of the UN, has been assigned to oversee international travel. The acronym for International Civil Aviation Organization is ICAO. By April of 2010, 170 nations who are members of the ICAO had begun issuing passports in total conformity to the requirements of this International Civil Aviation Organization. So what's this doing? That means the passport is a global ID, and you cannot travel without it. You try it. You get to the border, they're going to send you home. Sorry, you cannot do it. So this global ID system is now being foisted upon us through the United Nations and the cooperation of all the countries of the world. These requirements include an RFID chip. All U.S. passports today have an RFID chip that can be uh, picked up with a radio receiver as you walk past. And also they must have a digital photo because now the ICAO has determined that facial recognition is the technology that will be used for biometric identification. What does that mean? That means if you're in an airport and they can, on the cameras, get a picture of your face. They know where you are at all times. Now, what's the problem? If you've done nothing wrong, what's the problem? Well, ask Adolf Hitler. Ask the Jews that lived under his brutal regime. All we need is for the wrong person to grab power. And now what was designed for good is going to be 
so terrible, so horrible. And that's the reason we're going the wrong direction right now. The U.S. head of visitor tracking program here in the United States has openly said he wants a global ID. Now, the man's name is Jim Williams. He's the director of the U.S. visit program within the Department of Homeland Security. And he said he wants to join forces with district Department of Homeland Security agencies to develop a global identification system. I mean, the story just goes on and on and on. So are we moving into a cashless society right now? Certainly we are. Bangkok, Thailand has taken a major step toward creating a cashless society. Now that's when the numbering system is going to really work like the Bible says it will. Sydney, Australia, July 27, 2010, over the PR Newswire, Bangkok Smart Card System has secured a major component in developing their vision to direct Bangkok towards a cashless society, announcing the design and delivery of a smart card clearinghouse solution for micropayments. Now, in Nigeria, they are set to become a cashless society, according to eMoney News, August the 8th of 2010. Nigeria is set to take a huge stride towards becoming a cashless society following the release of a new mobile banking service. The Moneybox platform allows users to make bank transactions over a mobile phone in conjunction with a scratch card. It can be used with any mobile phone anywhere, anytime, and on any mobile network with any bank and any indi- individual, by any individual. The Irish are now moving toward cashless banking. That was reported on December the 22nd of 2009. So are we moving toward a cashless society? Greece has now outlawed all cash transactions over 1,500 euros as of January 1, 2011. Every transaction above 1,500 euros between a person and a business or between businesses will be considered illegal. It'll be a crime if it's done by cash. Transactions will have to be done through debit or credit cards. So how about a chip under the skin? Applied Digital Solutions has produced an injectable computer chip about the size of a grain of rice. It's known as the VeraChip. This technology has been used for animals for several years. You know that. In 2004, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the injection of this chip under the skin for the maintenance of medical records. If you have a wreck, you're unconscious, the medics can just scan the chip, they'll know what meds you're on, what you're allergic to, and a lot of people believe that that's the real answer for total identification from cradle to grave. Furthermore, this could be used for financial transactions as well. It's actually being used at the Baja Beach Club in Barcelona, Spain. They're using it right now. You can check in. You can be injected with a computer chip. Since you're going to be in your bathing suit all week, no billfolds, no purses. They're using it for financial transactions right now. Now, let's remember the scripture. It says that every person is going to have to have a number. And it says in verse 18 of chapter 13 that the total of this number will be 666. 
Now, in this particular passage, the original Greek was key stigma. According to Strong's Greek Dictionary, Kizi stigma is the original Greek 4666 that was translated 666. Now, here's something really scary. Thayer's Greek Dictionary gives a most interesting definition of the word stigma. It comes from a primary word, stitsy, which means to stick or prick with a mark incised or punched for recognition of ownership. When you get this computer chip under your skin, they use a needle, they stick you, and they put the mark in. I do not know whether that's the way the mark of the beast is going to be implemented or not. All I know is the technology is in place. It is happening right now. It's very important that all of us understand the mark of the beast is not a possibility. It is an absolute certainty. You and I are going to face it. And obviously, with all this information, we now know that it's much closer than we think. The critical thing is for you and me to be ready. The Bible says all will worship the beast and take his mark, except those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. Whatever you do, make sure your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Sorry, we had, I didn't unmute my microphone. So we hadn't gotten very far in the discussion. I was just talking to Michelle a little bit about, um, I've really started looking at things hard since 2010, getting back into prophecy in about 2010, and seeing where we stood, and the amount that of movement down the timeline that we have gone is staggering to me. Slow but fast. Um, and you really... Spiritual, more spiritually speaking than prophetically, 2000, you said, but... Late 2000, yeah. Going back in your mind to just 2000, now that would be prior to 9-11, <clears throat> and there's a lot that can be said about 9-11, but just going back to that, you wouldn't have called it an innocent time at that time because we came from the 80s. You know, the, the television stuff that was on the 80s was a lot more family-oriented, focused than, than 2000? Yeah. 
I still feel like, uh, you know, having small kids, uh, I still feel like a lot of the programming and a lot of things, I still feel like it felt considerably safe. Um, there were instances of they were pushing the envelope in yeah. the entertainment industry, but I think that's always been but the case. It, yeah, it felt consistent, consistently safe, I guess, in retrospect compared to, you know, a decade later. Um, I think, you know, just going places or whatever, things were starting to surface more. You know, the bombings and the school shootings and everything was kind of starting to just begin at that time. Yeah, I guess some of that stuff did really start back at that time frame as well. I believe, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can go back to and, and, and do an entire episode on different topics of 9-11 itself, <clears throat> but the general, I think the general desire of 9-11 was for them to gain a lot of control. And it was almost like they were, you know, there was this slow, steady slope of them gaining control, and then it was this huge leap because of 9-11. Well, what, what have we had in your adult lifetime that has taken another leap, huge leap? COVID. Yeah. COVID and, has changed a lot. And that is because Michelle and I can look back, <clears throat> and we have people that watch this program that are in their 70s and 80s, but... Um, Michelle and I can go back to uh, just even say, just really say in 2010 when these videos were shot, the, the video series that we're in, um, you just take this lesson for example and you look at what he's saying and how much further advanced we are on some of these things. Um, you and I have seen <clears throat> um, quite a bit of movement in the direction of what prophecy said was going to happen. Like in this time frame, he's talking about a credit card. And he was talking about using uh, people in some countries, you have to use a uh, digital payment to buy certain things. But I mean, we've moved so far now, and we talked about it kind of brief, like in a few seconds while the video was playing, but you know, we've got a situation now in this country that is going to be Probably of the countries to be in, this is going to be the safest as far as not being under the boot heel of the Antichrist. Because we're actually going to be going against him, and we have some power to do that. But um, we're talking about Fed now. This new payment system that is sort of a, a Venmo or a Zelle or Cash App, but it's going to be instead of, it'll be done directly through the Fed. So, I mean... Instantaneous as it gets. And go through American businesses and American households. And I took a screenshot of what um, Wikipedia says about the uh, Fed Now program. It's an it's an instant payment service developed by the Federal Reserve directly for depository institutions in the United States, which allows individuals and businesses to send and receive money. The service launched in July of 2023. So. And I, we did a whole little 20-minute segment on the Fed now. If you want to go back to this this past this spring and uh, check that out, but 
I think it's going to become a lot more seamless from one bank brand to the next. Um, what do I mean by that? I'm not sure exactly what I mean by that, except it's going to start looking a lot more like the Mark of the Beast type description, but I, I, maybe you can go into one bank and make a deposit into your bank. You don't have to go into the other town where your bank may be located. Maybe you can make a deposit. Well, I think there will be one, like, again, a monopoly kind of thing. Like, one, one business will have all of them underneath it. So, And we're seeing a lot of these big banks are, especially through this bank closure scenario that we've been through in the last couple of years, the big banks are swallowing up the little banks, and I've got some very good friends that are in the banking business here pretty locally. The family owns the bank, and there just isn't much of that anymore, and they don't want that. They want those little banks shut out. And it's all about control. Um, the one thing that I will say, the one thing he dis that he discussed in this video, and remember, this was shot back in 2009 or 10, um, he's talking about they'll shut off your credit card, and he did mention that, that, you know, today you could still use cash and we're going to be heading more cashless. Well, I agree with that because I think I've seen enough prophecy come to pass in the last decade, 12, 13 years, that I'm learning that when a prophecy says something, it's pretty exact. Now, I still like to, for future prophecies, I still like to give a little bit of a generalized statement and I'm going to probably do a little bit of that um, on this discussion tonight. But, um, for instance, I don't know exactly what the mark of the beast is going to end up looking like. So I'm going to give a general statement because you can't mess this one up. You can't afford to mess this one up. Do I believe what we went through, and without saying the word that YouTube doesn't like me to say, you know, getting a little Pokemon in your arm, um, do I believe that was the mark of the beast? Absolutely not. But I think we've got to dig our heels in before we even get to that line in the sand. I think we need to show resistance now. We're not doing that. Another reason for it is you're going to have friends and family members come up to you. A lot of people that don't know a lot about God are going to come up to you and go, this don't feel right. Something doesn't feel right about this. You've got to warn them. You've got to stop them. Even if they still take it, you've got to have a clear conscience knowing that you laid it out for them. Because once they take that mark, according to Scripture, it's one of the two unpardonable sins is taking the mark of the beast and... Um, well, I think that... Blaspheming the Holy Ghost, but go ahead. Sad, sadly, I think... What am I trying to say? Just from just from what we just went through with um, seeing how people, close people, people that you've done life with, <clears throat> you know, for years and years and years, the reaction to um, the solution to the pandemic mm -hmm. um, that they're trying to get everybody to do, just how shut off the conversation is about that. How they're just very, you know, they don't want to hear about it. They already know because they're gripped with fear, whatever have it. Just seeing their reaction at that, I, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna come to us and be like, something doesn't feel right about it. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be so 
caught up in fear of uh, being cut off from their bank accounts, from their jobs, from their kids' medicine, from whatever, that they're not even going to think about something doesn't feel right. The fear is going to cause them to think, this is what I have to do. It's logic to survive, to be able to make it. And I don't even know that we'll have them coming really to us much. Hopefully somebody will warn them, but you know, maybe there's somebody that they would trust their opinion more. You know, some, I've wanted to say this for two or three lessons that we've had. Where was it that Jesus had the least amount of impact? His own town. His own town. I think the same is going to be true in some cases. I'm not saying you specifically, but for the most part, I think a lot of that's going to be true within our own families. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw you be that silly kid and nonsense and whatnot, and now you're coming to them with something. Yeah, get, get out of here, kid. But, you know, Jesus had the least impact in Nazareth. And he even mentioned it in Scripture. He's, he's like, hey, they, won't, they won't receive you much in your own hometown. But you got to... This bench is going to break apart underneath of me. I just keep waiting for it to happen on camera. Um, so we have to be aware of that. But that doesn't mean they won't listen to somebody. And I still don't think that is going to... I think we still need to tell them. At least give them that red flag. You know, and... At that time, they'll have three and a half years or less left. You know, the, the, the mark of the beast may not happen in this territory day one. So there may only be three years left, two and a half years left when, when the mark of the beast is rolled out. I think, I'm, my guess is, my guess, don't tell me I said this for certain. My guess is the mark of the beast won't be mandatory in this country. I'm guessing at that. But that doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of peer pressure. A lot of peer pressure coming from jobs, coming from coming from your family, coming from your friends. Come, it's You didn't get a hardly a taste of it with COVID compared to what you're going to get when it comes down to the mark of the beast. Some countries, some places you live, and maybe I'm wrong about the United States, it'll be mandatory. The, the Antichrist and the false prophet will have their boot heel on the neck of those of the people in those countries they won't have a choice and we've got we've got people in our church that are going to be over in that area do you think there's going to be a situation that's going to usher in the ease of them implementing that where they're good people are going to be kind of like they just did People are so afraid of losing a loved one or are them perishing that as soon as there was a, they're like running for it and not listening to anything. So do you think that there's going to be a big scenario that when all of a sudden, you know, the lights come back on, literally, they're going to just, here's a solution. And Let me throw this at you. What if... We just came out of a war that is so destructive and so. What's the word I'm looking for? Everything's in chaos, chaotic. A third of the world's population is wiped out. We don't necessarily know who's alive, who's left. When a nuclear bomb goes off, who's left, who's killed? How are you going to identify people that were turned into vapor? You can only identify people that are left. 
And once we've identified who you are, we're going to mark you. Once we identify who you are, we're going to mark you. We've counted you. But here, here is the proof. You'll have access back to your bank accounts. You'll have access back to everything. But you've got to sign this pledge. It says you're going to pledge allegiance to the new establishment the new way system. of doing things. Um, what about... Does that uh, make sense? I mean, yeah. that's even bigger than COVID. Yeah, well, and I think there's been some political leaders in other countries that have made some pretty hefty statements about their what's coming is going to make the pandemic look like, you know, Agreed. kindergarten. And they're talking more like... Uh, what do you call it? Like, um, electronics isn't what I'm looking for, but basically, what is that called? Shut down with like. Oh, like the internet? Yeah, like a computer. Blackout. Yeah, like a blackout, but I can't think of what a, like a social. Yeah, like any kind of, any kind of like, you know, like anything that runs electronically, shut down. That would Your be an EMP attack. Yeah. Your car, charge, everything. Charge yes. And whenever whenever they fix it, people are gonna be like, <gasps> you know, they're gonna want to get back to There's a possibility we may see a warm up to that. We were at a test run of that lots of while ago. Oh yeah. It was in New York. Well, it was dated I'm thinking more nationwide. No, it, yeah. It's and this is the first time on video. This is why it really benefits people to watch these discussions. Maybe I'll split this one off and, and do post it separately so people can just watch the discussion if they want. So you'll be able to watch the full thing and, and, and just watch this discussion. We'll, we'll see. Um, I don't think... I'm skeptical as to whether we're going to have this election this year this coming year. There's a certain candidate that has his own jet airplane that is really leading everybody. And Biden isn't backing out. Biden, any other politician, any other politician that's, that has been smeared like Biden has been smeared and obvious guilt, I guess, I guess Bill Clinton didn't, but Bill Clinton almost came out of the Monica Lewinsky thing stronger than before it, but Biden is just getting beat up. There's a lot of the Democrats that are telling him to resign, and he's not doing it. And I think there's a few reasons for it, one of which is I think he is more... Who's really the president behind Biden? Everybody in the room just say it. Obama. Obama. This is Obama's third term. Okay. Obama just released that movie. Yeah. And it was about an EMP happening. Oh, he did? Him and Michelle. I mean, my EMP is, EMP is in that? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's all. Like, it's a big... Did you watch it? I haven't watched it. I'm not convinced it. that an EMP is an actual thing. Oh, well, Oh, no, it is. No. It wasn't necessarily that there was an EMP. Just all of a sudden, everything didn't work. Well, and so they're warming you up for what I'm saying. One of the things they're talking they about... They produced it. They're either going to have to shut the election down... Or they're going to have to, to have an attack to where they can say we're under military control for a little bit because we, we've been attacked. Um, one of the possibilities that they are discussing is taking down the entirety of the Internet. 
and they're warming us up to the concept because they're saying all these viruses are out there and uh, they're trying to control it now they're basically setting the stage for it and I think you were alluding to that a little bit Ron Ronnie when you said that but they're already talking about taking the internet down they're, they're yeah. warming us up to the idea of the internet going down and that was back in the day where internet never existed yet. That was in the eighties. They just did it in New York just to they said it was like some thing. They didn't hey. know what it was. But I believe like when it did in New York, there that was their first like significant test run. Well, this to is, see how the American people This react. is where we lose half our audience, but I'm safe in this I'm safe in this room. One of the things they'll tell us is solar a solar flare is coming off the sun. Is that possible? No. 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 Read Genesis 1. The, the, the greater light is within the firmament. Okay. Just lost half the audience, but I'm just all about truth. <laughs> all right. So, but, that, but the majority of the population would go for that. They're going to go, if the internet and all that stuff goes down, they're going to go with whatever the media and the government tells them. No matter how many voices are screaming in the dark saying, hey, this is, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay, whatever. The other thing is going to be they're going to claim it to be a, a cyber attack from another nation or... That's what they claimed in the movie. In the movie? <laughs> I don't know yeah, they really, they really picked on a couple. I heard about the movie. I haven't seen it. They picked on a couple of countries pretty hardcore. I actually wrote down everything I got out of the movie. Who do you... Well... Once Biden... Once all of this stuff is revealed on Biden, who do you... You don't need to leave just yet. Hold on. Because you're going to answer this. Who do you think is right behind Biden on having stuff exposed on them? Um, same, same name. Oh. Obama. Obama, yeah. <coughs> Obama is simply going to try to cover himself because he knows where all this is heading. Well, and he's trying to get ahead of it. This movie was really weird. I'll find it out later. I may have to watch this movie. It I'm was not. really interesting. Is there a way to get in... It's on Netflix. 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 I'm paying for Netflix. <laughs> I will literally give you my Netflix information. Okay. <coughs> I just can't believe it. I mean, it's laughing any, It's laughingly anymore that they just do it in your face. They do it in your face. Somebody I know watched it and they were very disturbed by it. And if you bring it up online, they said, you're a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. And then it happens, and they still turn their nose to it. I was extremely disturbed by it. I, I'm glad that this movie came out, because I needed some more conspiracy theories, because all the ones I had come true. I don't know where to go. This and is I getting think ridiculous. Some of the things that happened in the movie started happening in real life after they released the movie. Slowly. Some things have happened. I don't know for sure if that's true. Though. I wonder what Obama's chef knew. Obama's chef. Yeah. That couldn't get out. That he couldn't let out, couldn't take a chance on. He drowned in Obama's backyard, right. which is his beach house that he lives in. I think it was fourteen million dollars or eleven million dollars. Where does he live at? Martha's Vineyard on the water. Where's Martha's Vineyard? East Let's Coast, see. like what is it? South Carolina. Oh, he bought the house after he's been preaching for eight years of global warming and the oceans are going to rise and flood out all of the all the coastal areas. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And then he buys a home 
in Martha's Vineyard on the ocean and spends $11 million or $14 million on it. Anybody that believes a word that comes out of his mouth is a, is a buffoon. The Bible says not to call a man a fool. But if you believe what Obama's saying, I'm not, I'm not sure what other term to use, but that maybe there's something else I should be using. But look at the... If you went back to 2017, two, let's go back before Trump. 2014, Trump really had, didn't even have his hat in the ring yet. Can you go back that far in your head? Um, like his Nine years ago? Yeah, I can go back. Her? Go back in your head nine years ago, before Trump came down the escalator. Okay. I know you're mm, Okay. It, because things really started escalating when when that time frame started. Obama was getting ready to come out of office. I didn't pay no attention to politics or anything. If you would have said, they're getting ready to shut the world down. Mm-hmm. And I know, and the reason I say go back that far is because when Trump got in office, things got a little crazy. The Antifa started burning things down the, the summer of love, you know, where they burned everything down, killed a few people, but it was a peaceful protest. Um, but things were ramping up then. So go back, say, before that. If, if somebody would have told you they are going to, in a, just a few short years, they are going to shut down the world yeah. over a pandemic, you wouldn't have believed it. You wouldn't have been able to imagine at least what it looked, what it would look like. See, you wouldn't have seen that coming. People will resist. People, you're not going to be able to shut down. You can't shut down a nation, much less the world. Well, they did. And as hard as you would think that would be, they are now, if you keep up with that sort of news in the, in the World Health Organization, they're now talking about doing it just left and right. They're, they're going to come up with control in the next year or so to where they'll be able to say, okay, uh, Hungary, you're, you're shut down. We have control and you can't override our control. You're shut down. Or this whole section of Europe, or all of Europe, all of the world, everybody that's subscribed onto this in places, they're willy-nilly talking about doing it now. It's going to be like it's just old hat. Well, that's a tremendous amount of control that they didn't have four years ago. And in four short years, they now have the ability to almost, not quite, but to almost do what Scripture says they're going to do. Exactly. And at the point that that's going to happen, the final three and a half years of the final seven, the last half of the final seven, we're not even in the first half yet. And that'll be the peace agreement that... Um, between Israel and the Palestinians that allows them to build their third temple. So, I mean, we're close. We're close. Oh. Well, yeah. It's pretty sad. And when I see, when I see uh, lessons like this, the old version, the 2010 version, and I think, okay, we're 13 years up from that. Man, we've moved. The, we have moved in the wrong direction, but we've moved the football a long way towards the goalpost uh, of, a, of a bad, I mean, of the ending of this whole age. And the thing that I was thinking about while I was driving yesterday, 
God knew, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the exactness of it. In fact, Jesus said it. God robed in flesh, Jesus Christ said it. I tell you these things so that when they come to pass, you might believe. It's a whole reason for prophecy. So that when it's laid out and you see it, you believe, and you, you have the decision to make to become saved or not. Okay. God knew every minute detail of everything. And he went, this is the era that I want you to live in, and you to live in, and us. I want them then. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. And you know, we've got people in this household that here aren't here on this lesson, and they're here for this time too, playing their own role. People that aren't even in church yet, they have a role to play too. They don't know it. God knows it, because God knows whether or not they're going to come to be saved or not. But that's a pretty deep thought to think this soul here, this one, this one, this one, this one, I want them in that generation. That wrapping up generation. I'm not sure that I'll be here when everything wraps up, but as far as alive on the earth, but I'm surprised we haven't started the final seven years. I think we're that close. Did that did that answer your question though, Michelle? I mean you were talking about um, what, what do I think that that will bring about the mark? Well, I was just wondering That's your just thoughts. On, I was just wondering your thoughts on it. Like, do you, do you think that there will be something? I mean, do you think it would just be like willy-nilly, just all of a sudden one day like, oh, we have this, you know, we have this system in place that you have to comply or not? Or do you, because I feel like if they just come up with it, people are going to, there'll be a lot more resistance. There'll be a lot more skepticism. But if people are hearing about it out of fear as a solution, they're going to run to it. Well, I think so I feel like there'll be a scenario I agree. that happens that will usher them. Their best tactic has been fear. And I think they'll continue to use it. I think Satan loves to use fear. Um, he's the opposite of God and God is... He isn't the opposite of God. He isn't the opposite. God doesn't have an opposite. He'd be the opposite of, is it, um, want to be Michael? There wouldn't be more opposite. Yeah, God doesn't have an opposite. Yeah, I'm saying not, I'm saying. But he goes, what I'm saying is he goes against everything God is for. Yes. So he is the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion, is my point. Satan is the author of fear. God is not. I give you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Satan is the author of fear. And so I think that's been a fantastic tool for him. I think it's going to continue to be a tool that he uses. Um, he's good at all of his tools, but um, I definitely think that's... I think what we saw in 2020 and 2021 coming out of it and the solution that they used to open things back up, the syringe with the liquid in it, the clock shot. You've got to be careful with that phrase, too. But, um, spot on. In fact, I mentioned that to somebody this week. They've got a family member that's going into AFib a lot. I'm like, did he 
get the syringe full. I didn't get an answer back. But I know they would be all about it. It would, it, it would be likely. I don't mean that bragging. I'm just saying I, I feel bad for anybody that did. The person when you take the actual mark, if it turns out, and this is why I think the mark of the beast possibly will be a vaccine, possibly. The last three and a half years, everybody calls it God's wrath. It is not as Satan's wrath. Revelation 12 tells us Satan is kicked out of heaven, is thrown down to the earth, having great wrath, and he persecutes the woman, the nation of Israel, for 42 months, for time, times, and a half a time. That three and a half years is Satan's wrath. Revelation 16 points out when God's wrath is, and the very first one, this is how we know that when God pours out his wrath, everything is pretty much wrapped up at that point, because the people that took the mark of the beast can't take the mark of the beast until there's a beast. You can't pledge allegiance to a one-world government or a one-world leader until he's there. The people that took the mark of the beast will have noisome and grievous sores all over them when the first vial is poured out, Revelation 16. That is God's wrath. And so we know um, that's going to be the very first sign and the eventuality of those people is they will be thrown into the lake of fire as we just saw in tonight's video. You made some notes. Did you have some questions? Not really. I just was marking stuff down in my Bible. But, I mean, to keep going back to that, yes, I think there will be an event. They will have to. They're not going to just say, oh, hey, by the way, we've got this uh, thing we're going to poke under your skin. Come get in line, you know. Um, I th and I think it'll be more than you have to take this to get to your bank account I think it's going to be more of something insane just happened like I mean COVID was a shock to everybody I've been seeing if it's COVID variant 312 and he's going to do it I've been seeing this thing where there's apparently like a massive like 200 million something like that uh, or maybe 2 million people that are like immigrants that are trying to flood through the borders right now. I just saved a reel about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I was a reel about it, about a bunch of immigrants. I mean, it's a massive crowd. and I know there's several thousand, thousand down there right now, ready to come across. And they'll let them in. Well, that might be part of it. It might become a problem that they came in and they're going to use immigration and still the, control, the, the The controlled numbers that I saw today... If you add them up, 2021, 20, 22, and 23, it's about 7 million that they've let in. I think that's a controlled number. And I also even, I think that's the number they want us to see. I think it's more. And not only that, I think there's a swath of people that aren't even counted because they got through undetected. They're trying to replace us. And if they can start an attack on this country, you know they've proposed attacks on this. Our own country has proposed attacks on ourself to start a war. When JFK was in office during the Cuban Missile Crisis and we were nose to nose with Russia, one of the things that our military complex came up with a solution to, or to start the war with Russia was to fire a nuclear weapon from one of our subs by Cuba send a sub down by Cuba, send a nuke up and hit Florida, and blame it on Russia so we could go to war with them. Our own country 
came up with that idea? And and we put these people in office. Well, I don't know how much of it we do anymore. I think they control they control a lot of the vote counting, which is better than controlling the vote. When Trump in 2020 lost votes in the middle of the night, how do you get negative votes? Don't. It's not possible. You can't get negative votes. <laughs> you can't votes. get negative votes. You get like <laughs> negative like numbers from like the positive votes that you got. That just decreases the number of people that value. You just can't have negative numbers. You can't have negative numbers and all of a sudden losing 200,000 here and there. It's the like these people voted twice and they don't like you, so there's a negative for you. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah that, that, none of it made any sense. Mm -hmm. We probably just got banned from YouTube for that one. That's yeah, whatever. Yeah, I expect it. That's why I've been moving to Rumble. Come to Rumble and find us on Rumble. There's a plug for you, YouTube. Yeah, Rumble is a better site than YouTube. YouTube has too many flaws. Rumble don't. <laughs> You're making it worse. Anything else? I'm good with it. We've made preparations. I would hate to lose YouTube, but we will eventually. Well, YouTube was always... Is, Unless they get bought out. Yeah, they it must. always is going to get bought out because when it first started, it started like as a public service. And then as soon as it became more commercialized, commercialized, guess what happens? You got to watch ads, you got to do this, do this, do this, control, <clears> control, <throat> control. Yep. And that's how it works. And it's, they're going to do that with Facebook because with the whole MetaQuest thing, they're going to do that with Twitter, with the X, and it's all going to be in a big corporation. And we'll see what Musk does with Twitter. They don't like that Musk is behind Twitter. They don't like what Twitter's turned into. Yeah. I don't see them losing control of YouTube because they've already taken one lesson out of it. I don't see them letting it happen again. Anything else? I'll see about cutting this discussion off tonight. Maybe I should start doing that. There are some people that want to know that we're biblically teaching what lines up, you know, that agrees. So, so if you cut it off, what do you mean? I can just tell that person to watch the discussion. And not the whole video. Not the whole video part, yeah. Sure. Okay. Next week, there's another lesson of something, something. Tonight was the halfway mark. Awesome. Nine lessons done. Nine lessons to go. Nice. Looking forward to the rest of them. We'll see you all next week. We're done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I assume you said okay. No. I, I have nothing. I have to go put my